You're listening to Galaxy of Film. And welcome back to another brand new episode of Galaxy of Film. I'm, of course, your host, Max. This week, I'm not joined by Pablo, but here instead, we have our business and legal director, Nick Hamblin, stepping up to the co-host plate. How are you doing, bro? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? Quite well, Good to man. be back. Yeah, I mean, it's been a couple of weeks. I can't remember the last time you were on here, actually. <laughs> it's been a while. Schedule's opened up, and here I am. Yeah, it's always good to get you on, bro. Always a good time here at Galaxy of Film, of course. Uh, we got a special episode here. I know you're very excited about. You've obviously been like the big anime guy on Galaxy of Film, uh, pretty much since day one. So this is definitely you know a long time in the making for you for sure. But yeah, bro, good to get you on here. We're not alone, thankfully. We've got Curtis in the house. How are you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic, brother. How are you doing? Quite well, yet again, man. Nothing much has changed since the last time we recorded. I know it hasn't been too terribly long. Hey, yes, sir. Um, what's been going on that's new in your life, man? Oh, not much, man. I got promoted to be a manager at my job. Um, oh. Just came back from a convention this week. So kind of reinserting myself to work life. But no, work, life's been good, man. Can't complain. Very nice, bro. Glad to hear everything's, you know, keeping on the upside for you, for sure. Always good, bro. Always good. Uh, we've also got Will from Mayhem Pictures, our Connecticut division here at Galaxy of Film. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Yeah. Good. Pretty good. Yep. <laughs> I think last time you were on here, we were talking uh, Barbenheimer a few weeks ago. So, uh, yeah. And that was quite, awesome, talking about those amazing movies. Quite the uh, the difference in, in tone <laughs> yeah. for this episode. <laughs> yep. Compared to Oppenheimer. But yeah, man, it's always good to get you on here, have you involved, mm-hmm. of course, too. But we have a very special guest this episode. Um, of course, we kind of teased it last week. We are discussing some Dragon Ball this week. We're discussing Dragon Ball Z Dead Zone. But we have a voice actress from the franchise, uh, Stephanie Nadolny. How are you doing? Hi, I'm so good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. It's great to get you on here. Um, like I said, you're a voice actress within this franchise, obviously. I mean, you are in the, dra- the Dragon Ball series um, as Goku, but also as Gohan throughout the rest of the franchise and kind of returning back for um, kid Goku moments throughout the series and flashbacks and whatnot. So it's great to get you on here for, you know, kind of the, the first Dragon Ball movie, actually. You know, it's yeah. definitely a cool connection we have going on here. But before great. we kind of go ahead and discuss the movie, kind of want to ask you a couple questions, get to know, bit of, excuse me, I can't even talk today kind of get to know you for a second if that makes sense um so yeah just first off question i have for you how were you approached to voice gohan slash goku throughout this franchise um actually i i got the audition through my music contacts um i was singing and touring with a show band for about a couple decades actually I, right out of high school i joined a show band i'm a singer musical theater, singing, dancing, acting, all of the above, and I was traveling with them. They're called Vince Vance and the Valiants. They've been around 52 years. Um, And I started, you know, naturally being, you know, on tour. I I met a bunch of people in the industry. I started working on people's original music, uh, some other bands, Brave Combo out of Denton, Texas, which is a Grammy award winning polka band. Basically, I started singing with them and working on original music. Um, Through them, I got some contacts to voice, Toy voices, like it could be anything from children to um, 
women, women's voices, babies. Um, I did some Halloween and Christmas and uh, all kinds of like seasonal toy voices. Mm -hmm. And then we did some just regular voices as well as singing songs in those voices. And that's kind of what got me on that road to being a voice actor. And then I got the audition through Barry Watson, who was at one of the sessions with Brave Combo recording um, original music. And he said, your voice sounds really animated. And um, I was invited to do uh, a session for Chuck E. Cheese as Hell in the Hand. And then from there, I got the audition. And I showed up for the audition, but this was a long time ago, 1998. Didn't know anything mm -hmm. about anime. I just was told it was a cartoon. Oh. Um, I had never seen it before. I auditioned for the female characters. And before I left, they said, how about a, the voice of a child? We're looking for a, the voice of a, of a little boy. So mm -hmm. I had been doing funny voices my whole life. And I had lots of, you know, mimicking type skills. So I did a boy voice and they liked it. They just wanted to be kind of raspy. And I was cast as Gohan. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Great. Did you, real quick, did you say you were in a, a polka band at one point? Um, yes, I was working with an internationally uh, Grammy award-winning polka band called Brave Combo. They're out of Denton, oh. Texas. Um, mm -hmm. They're, they're uh, they've been around well over 40, 45 years now. Um, this was back in the nineties. Um, mm -hmm. I guess it was probably close to the mid nineties. And um, my show band and that band uh, worked at a lot of different, um, a lot of the same venues actually being that we're all Dallas Fort Worth, Texas you know, based. So um, they would be working at like, you know, we'd be working at German Fest and we would either open for them or they would open for us. And that's kind of how we crossed paths. And um, we started, you know, networking. I started sitting in with their band and then the founder started writing his own original music and he had my my voice in mind. And so mm -hmm. we ended up doing a whole album back in like 97. And uh, it's never been released. It got shelved. Um, hoping to get that out at some point because the fans are asking mm -hmm. about it. And I'm like, oh, I got shelved a long time yeah, ago. But um, that was all prior to my voice acting career, really. That's um, awesome. And then after some years passed, I was asked to voice uh, KO and OK KO. Let's be heroes. <laughs> and um, I came uh, went to LA for that one. That's a, that's a, a non anime role. Mm. Um, but all the stuff that I've done is on my Wikipedia, my IMDb page. Very nice. That's awesome. I had no clue about the polka yeah. stuff specifically. Um, you know, I'm a, mm -hmm. this is a, a totally unrelated guilty pleasure of mine that our audience is very familiar with. I'm a huge Weird Al fan, so I respect the poem. Oh, me too. That's funny you said Weird Al because I write parodies and jingles and and change words to songs. I've been doing that for fun since I was a teenager, I guess. Oh, awesome. Some of those. Yeah, they're um, for morning show radio and comedic mm -hmm. networks and stuff like that. So I have some some parodies that I've written that are very similar and then sing the songs oh, that's awesome. like the original artist. That's sweet. Yeah, you should check it out on the website, which we can talk about later. It's just stephaninadolny.com. I've got some, some of them posted on that website. It's kind of how to find me. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely have to go ahead and check that out for sure. God, that's, that's incredible. I'm glad you have that connection to Weird Al though. This was definitely Oh, uh, love me some Weird Al because I'm Weird <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> it's Fun funny, to be weird. actually. Um, I used to do YouTube content throughout like middle school and high school. Nick was actually a part of this era of my life as well. And my wow. nickname through that was <laughs> Weird Max. That's really funny. <laughs> That's crazy you mentioned that. Yeah, and the fact the whole polka thing hmm. ties into it. I'm 25% Polish. Oh. Most of my family, my dad said they're all Polish. Only is Polish. So there's the Polish polka, the segue nice. into that as well. So crazy how that stuff can happen <laughs> small world i love it love it <laughs> yeah Nick, you are up next my good sir i'm sorry did you say my name 
Yes, and you're up next. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I had a couple questions for you. Uh, first, I wanted to bring it back a little bit to when you uh, came up with your voice for for Kid Goku and Gohan. Um, how did you take inspiration to make you know that certain voice? I know you said you know I kind of came up with a little boy voice, but did you kind of look at the the character? Did you listen to anybody else and, and their takes on it? Or um, actually, no. Um... It was kind of on the fly because, uh, like I said, when I showed up for the audition, I was recruited in through um, somebody that had been a, a fan of Brave Combo and had heard me singing at some of the sessions. So when I showed up, all I had were um, what they call audition sides. And there were some lines, you know, and there were a few pictures on them. But I, I naturally just gravitated towards the female roles, thinking that that's what they were looking for for me to audition for. So I auditioned for, you know, Bulma, Chi Chi, Poir, Chow Tzu. Um, Oh, wow. So a number of them. Mm. I think I did like five or six different voices for them. And then they just said, hey, can you do the voice of a little boy? And I'm like, well, I've had, you know, kids and friends. I've watched cartoons growing up. I had stepbrothers and a brother. And sure. yeah, I could do the voice of a little boy. Absolutely. Why not? Let's do it. So I just threw a, a youthful sound, boy, little, you know, little boy voice. And they just said, make it raspy. We want a little bit, you know, gravelly. And then how about that? Don't hurt my daddy, you know. And they <laughs> liked it. And um, I, I didn't, you know, didn't know that's what awesome. they were looking for, but I gave them what I thought was what they might be looking for, and that's what they cast me as. So I got the voice of Gohan, who at the time was, you know, kind of a background character. He was, he ended up being more significant as he got older. Sure. Hmm. Uh, um. And so we started at the Ginyusad and director, one ADR director, one studio. It was all very, very small. It's called Funimation. And um, then the company just kept growing and they kept acquiring more properties. And then there were, you know, more auditions and more directors and more studios and, and there were more opportunities. And at that point I was asked to work with uh, themes. And that's where I was able to incorporate the singing and the music into the anime world, which was really cool. I enjoyed doing that a lot. Um, so you can find my voice on Yu Yu Hakusho, Sayonara, Bye Bye, the opening and closing themes to Kitty Grade, uh, a couple of them from Case Closed and Blue Gender. So that was kind of like where it all kind of came together for me. And I, singing, dancing and acting and anything that, that involves show business. And anytime I can do two or three of things at a time all at once, it's like sure. a dream job for me. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. incredible. Awesome. Yeah. I, I definitely think your, your voice defined a generation as well. You know, so many of us grew up on, on your voice acting. So it's, it's crazy to hear it in person. I mean, I know it's through zoom, but it's, it's still, it's, a, it's crazy <laughs> to hear it. <laughs> um, but yeah. I have one more well, question. I didn't, I I didn't know. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. Just the, I didn't know that the, the show was going to have be so outrageously popular. Cause uh, I mean, I found out, fairly quickly that it was a really popular show in Japan and that we were dubbing it in English and things like that. But mm -hmm. for it to be a big deal. And then for me to go overseas with my show band and see Dragon Ball Z stuff all over Italy and then oh, yeah. turn on my TV and Dragon Ball Z is being dubbed in, in Italian and I see Gohan in Italy. That's that in the the Burger, T Burger King toys that they released mm -hmm. on the, in the kids meals in like 2000, <laughs> 2001. That's when I kind of realized this was a bigger deal. And my first event that I ever was asked to be a guest at was San Diego Comic-Con in 2000. And that's when I was like, what is this? What's a Comic-Con? Oh, wow. And now I've them every weekend, you know, all over the, the United States, mostly in parts mm -hmm. of other countries. So yeah, Comic-Con's pop culture is huge. You know, we all grow up with something and we all have our, our superheroes and our 
idols that we you know, grow up, you know, aspiring to be or to be like. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's absolutely. kind of yeah, that's it's still very very popular. So I'm I'm able to work uh, quite a bit doing meet and greets and signings and things like this. You know, interacting with the fans. And I'm sure it. the fans are endless. <laughs> oh, I love them so much. It's been great. Uh, another question I wanted to ask you was, uh, what are some of your fonder memories voicing Gohan? And what was it like to to act with some of the other casts, such as, you know, the voice actor of Goku and Vegeta? Um, most of, most times, well, all the times, really. Um, when we would, when we uh, come in to do our, our lines, we are actually um by ourselves so we're in the booth by ourselves and we have a director and an ADR, ADR engineer and that's really it so I didn't really work with much of the other cast members unless um we did a Walla session where we'd all be in it you know two three four of us at a time and then dubbing like background noises and villagers and different types of things um and then early in, early on with Funimation we had um, a cast party once a year when we would be wrapping shows and things and that's the only other times that I would see the other cast members um, other than the directors. And then nowadays, you know, we all have our own careers and I see some of my castmates, um, a lot of the OG castmates at the pop culture comic cons. So I've been doing a lot of stuff with them, mostly with um, Cynthia Krantz, voice of Chi Chi, uh, Linda Young, voice of Frieza, Tiffany Vollmer, voice of, voice of OG Balma. Um, and then some of the others, Chuck Huber and uh, Meredith McCoy, we we were all just at a convention last weekend in Florida. So we had a bunch of us there, like the Android 17 and 18 were there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Jeez. And so we, we've gotten to know each other a little bit better, but, you know, a couple decades later. So it's been really fun. But as far as working directly with, uh, it was usually the, the director or we would kind of see people coming and going from like session to session, like in the hallway or like, Hey, how's it going? You know? So uh, sure. specifically uh, I worked with uh, Chris Kaysen, Barry Watson, uh, who, who wasn't a voice actor, but he was a director. He's who recruited me and um, Chris Kaysen. And uh, did I say microphone? I think I just did. He's a voice of master Roshi. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mostly know them from when I would just come to work more and sunny straight as well. The voice of Krill. Hmm. So, yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Sure. Sweet. Curtis, you're up next, my good sir. Yes, sir. Uh, first off, honor to meet you. You're a big inspiration of my life. I'm oh, really glad you're being here. Thank um, you. Pleasure. So, having been a part of obviously this massive generation spanning um, series, what can you say of are some of your fonder like takeaways that you've taken away from the show or some of the fan interactions that you've had over the years that have like, really shown you the impact you've had on like a younger generation of kids? Oh, mostly um, the meet and greets, the um, comic cons where I can actually get face to face with the fans. And at the panels, I, a lot of the feedback has been really um, life-changing to feel like, you know, years ago that, that uh, my voice and my castmates voices have really contributed a lot to like you said, the younger generation and they, um, Dragon Ball Z was something that they'd rush home from school to watch, or they would be, you know, um, going through a lot and they needed an escape or, you know, some people work out to the screaming and the music and how it's kind of impacted their life that way. So, um, and some people, you know, went through hard times or their parents were divorcing or they were suicidal or, you know, going through some kind of mental 
Ball issue or whatever. And the fact that the Dragon Ball Z was kind of their escape. And I, that's like really been um, life-changing for me because uh, we all struggle. We all go through human human suffering. We, you know, none of us can avoid it. So we all have an escape um, and hopefully it's a positive escape. And it looks like Dragon Ball Z was that for a lot of kids. And some of the kids now have grown up and they're in their thirties and they're watching it again with their kids. And it's just this kind of sticking around and it's, it's become nostalgic. And so mm-hmm. now, that, you know, I'm being involved in something so so huge and, and such, I mean, I call it the gateway anime kind of, you know, gateway anime, meaning like it got a lot of people into other animes or, you oh, know, there's sure. and Digimon and Pokemon, and then you've got Dragon Ball Z. And so it's like it, it to be a part of something so outrageously huge is, is just an honor. And, and I just, I get so much gratification out of me and the fans and getting feedback from them. But some of my, the, some of those moments are probably the ones that stand out the most is meeting the fans and talking to people and how the show got them through hard times. Um, and, um, and then, you know, just really developing affection for the, for the story and for the developmental aspect of the characters, you know, Gohan. And I felt like I had a lot in common with Gohan. He watched a lot of horrible things happen and he sat in the background and he was not very sure of himself. And, you know, he's kind of picked on and bullied. And in my real life, I kind of was too. And it's like, what, where's this inner power that or this hidden power that we all have what is it and how do we access it and um and I think that that that's just kind of mirrored my life as I got older I kind of went through a lot of those things myself in real life so I feel like I had a a a really close connection with Gohan and and then Goku was my silly side you know it's my carefree little boy silly side that's innocent and sweet and I could live vicariously through these young boys that I could never be in real life so it was really challenging you know acting wise being mm. you know but um super fun and really enjoyed the comedic aspect of dragon ball being that i'm just a silly person i love right. to laugh i love comedy um any kind of theater i did was usually comedic it was it was musicals it was light light and carefree and funny i never did any really serious drama um it just didn't come naturally for me so you know the character voices and the the silliness you know is just kind of goes hand in hand with my personality. Right, right. Love that. That's awesome. That's yeah. incredible to hear too. I love the, the positivity of both characters. It's great here, honestly. Yeah, it's kind of like the the you know, I, I it's kind of like the they're superheroes in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't I didn't I didn't know I would ever be the voice of a superhero and he, you know, it's it's kind of cool. It's like um it's kind of got it's kind of got me through some hard times too, you know, being able to 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 work and um, be utilized and meet these fans face to face from all over the place and their mm-hmm. families and they hand me their babies and they just you know it's just it's been very uh, it's fulfilled a a big void in my life because I don't really have that I don't have family I don't my mom passed away right when I was cast to go on and mm-hmm. so there hasn't been a lot of that so it's really filling a void. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful mm-hmm. to hear. I'm glad you have a, a deep personal connection with the characters too. It's almost like a, a almost like an escape from reality in a sense. If that makes any sense at all, yeah, you know, yeah, it was ongoing. It was like because you know, mm-hmm. once Gohan grows up, he and they enters into the Cell Saga. You know, after he's been training, um, then it becomes really, really. He becomes the lead role there for a while during the Cell Saga, and he, you know, he has to, you know, his voice deepens and he you know gets older and stronger and so you know it goes from like don't hurt my daddy to like Let's do this. you know yeah! you know i'm screaming and yelling and, and being a rock singer and traveling in a touring band only made that easier for me 
because mm-hmm. I already kind of, I was already exercising my chops. I was singing R&B, soul, jazz, Motown, rock and roll, 80s, classic rock. I mean, I, I was singing in between touring with a show band throughout the entire time that I was coming in and recording, you know, every few weeks or every few months on the show. So um, I would definitely wear my voice out and I had to, you know, rest it and, you know, take care of my throat and make sure I got a lot of water and, and a lot of rest and stuff like that. But I was already doing that for my singing career. So it just kind of like became an yeah, extension you, of, you of being it. a voice artist. Mm. Right. That's awesome. That's I love incredible. that you mentioned the cell saga too, because uh, that is by mm. far my favorite part of the show. That's my favorite Same. version of Gohan too. Even Gohan's my favorite, so it's just that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. I'm glad. Yeah, there's a, a I've got about a 50 50 split on fans. I mean, either they like both or they like one more than the other. It's either either Goku from Dragon Ball, um, or Gohan from the Cell Saga. So I always have plenty of choices. Like whenever I come to the to the conventions, I bring a lot of prints and posters for them to pick. Or oh, that's so cool. The Comic Cons are great though, because a lot of the fans will bring their own items. Like the Funko Pops are really popular right now. You guys oh, have yeah. heard of those. So mm-hmm. It's really been fun to like bring all my different colored markers and sign their pops. And then sometimes they bring the double pops or the, the um, exclusives and, you know, different kinds of um, different kinds of like hard to find things that I don't normally see, or people will draw their art or they'll paint a picture and then they want my signature on it. And just recently I signed someone's go on tattoo. And then he went and got my signature tattooed on his leg. (laughs) I was like, are you sure you want to do this? (laughs) <laughs> like this is like a tattoo of my signature on your leg are you sure should i was like maybe making him sign a waiver yeah <laughs> make sure your parents say it's okay but, uh, no i mean he was he was he was an adult but to me he was a kid yeah that's too funny will you are up next my good sir all right um well I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z. I love it to death. It's one of my biggest inspirations in my life uh, as an artist, as an aspiring uh, comic book artist. Uh, so it's just full of so many iconic, amazing moments. And I know for sure you've been a part of most of those moments. Uh, so I have to ask you, what is your favorite scene from voicing uh, Gohan or Kid Goku or whoever? Um. Well, it that's tough. I mean, I... Uh... I think just, I mean, I like the comedic stuff whenever he was, you know, jumping on Icarus and taking, trying to like get away from his studies. His mom was wanting him to study, but he just wanted to go out and train and the the comedic moments with him running and, you know, all the fun little reactions that he got Mm -hmm. to make. But I did, I did find the father, son, Kamea wave scene to be very powerful for me because Mm -hmm. my mom had passed away untimely and very suddenly. And it was, um, it was really hard. She was only 50 years old and I had just really kind of started another big aspect of my career. And I really, you know, expected to have my mom in my life, you know, for a really long time. And so when it came time to, to uh, dub those lines and to really get into the emotional aspects of Gohan and, and, and what was driving him. And um, I got got emotional because I had been through that loss. I'd been, you know, Gohan lost his father and I had lost my mom. And so I had real life experience to draw from real anguish and pain and grief and loss and suffering and whatever it took and then to couple that with my most you know blood curdling screams and 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 fighting exertions you know it was it was really intense and you know I had to take that evening 
or so or that week when I was recording that's that saga you know really had to just you know finish my session and be quiet and rest and just kind of like unplug you know to kind of get through all that because it was really intense work and it was really an emotional thing um which is good because that's you know when you that's what makes them for some good acting mm-hmm. is if you can you know whether you've been through it or not if you can encompass a character's emotion and really try to bring them to life and make it believable you know i think that's that's why the acting is so important to mm-hmm. be able to become and be consumed in a character and become become that character and then get all of it out in just what you hear you know just the voice absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely that's incredible I, i'm I, I didn't know that about uh where you were in that during that time uh emotionally so like looking back when i watch that scene again like it's going to mean like so much more like, oh, you know, like right. during you know the father-son kamehameha uh yeah yeah that that's because you could really and feel just, that in your performance where you know like it's so genuine oh so, yeah well good that's the idea and we're glad yeah. we got some really good stuff out of it and it's like definitely had you know um family members and friends and babysitters and people i've met in my life to draw from whenever i mm-hmm. come up with character voices i you know i was a mimic as a kid and and i was always you know like a little parrot you know mimicking back and recording and writing songs and poems and singing and I was just just really into anything vocal and um I knew at a very young age that I wanted to be a singer and I wanted to be use my voice um for acting and, and for all the things that I've been able to, to accomplish and I'm um not done I've got a lot of other things I'd like to do I you know I'm very creative and artistic and I've, I've got all kinds of fun ideas and I want to get back in the studio and record and um record some original music and and work on some more projects that's wonderful to hear i'm glad you're keeping up the pace with it too honestly like the the creativity never stops that's always yeah, good to it's really hard for a lot of us with you know with covid I, my, my whole yeah. band had mm-hmm. shut down you know um and we were full-time musicians so it made it really difficult um you know as we all struggled with trying to how we're going to navigate through through that time um but it's taught us a lot of stuff like right now, like this, you know, the technology and the Zoom calls and whatever else we had to do to, to interact with people. Um, and, and some people really need that. And I'm one of those people. I got to be around people. I, I just feed off the energy of other people. And that's why these pop culture comic cons have been such a blessing in my life because mm-hmm. I, it, not, it gets me out of the house. I can just kind of up and travel and, um, you know, meet and greet and meet. I, I also take part in a lot of the uh, the vendors, uh like the after kind of get togethers, the dinners, I like to hang out with the volunteers, the the vendors, the staff, the um, promoters, as I really like interacting with people. So it enables us to establish those contacts and then, you know, refer other people and and, and really be a part of something and kind of be part of like the industry itself. Gotcha. This, one, oh, this is awesome to hear, honestly, yeah. this much uh, backstory going behind the scenes for this franchise, because it's been going on for so long as well. You know, yeah. the, the love and passion hasn't died down for it. It's wonderful to hear. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I hope I get to see you at a Comic-Con at some point. Are, are you going to New York Comic-Con by any chance? <laughs> uh, I, I'm not on that one as far as like this year. The rest of the year is already booked. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking, to, I'm already been booking into 2024. Um, but that's one of the ones I haven't been to yet. And oh, wow. okay. well, I got to have you now. Some of them are, are harder to get into. It's like, it's just kind of, mm-hmm. sometimes it's who you know, sometimes it's just a matter of sending out emails and kind of attaching my website and kind of like, or people can like request certain people to come. Hey, mm. you ought to think about so-and-so. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, as far as over overseas next year, 
I've just been invited back to New Zealand after like, oh my gosh, 20 years. Oh, so wow. I'm really looking forward to going over there. I don't have all the details. It will be next summer. Um, so yeah, I'd like to, I'm, I'm continuing to want to like travel some more to some uh, uncharted territory that I haven't been to yet. Um, I love traveling. I love meeting the, the people learning about other cultures mm. and it's fascinating. That's awesome. That is awesome. Oh, hi, Mark. Hey there guys, how are you? This is Jake coming at you with this week's Stream of the Week. So for this week, I watched a movie on freebie with my girlfriend called Puppy Love. If you have never heard of this, don't worry because I haven't either. It stars Grant Gustin, Lucy Hale, and it's a freebie original movie. Now, if you don't know what freebie is, it is a free streaming service with ads. And it's basically this kind of meet cute thing with Lucy Hale and Grant Gustin, but it's not them that's meeting their dogs and their dogs hook up and Grant Gustin's dog gets pregnant and the two of them kind of have to bond over that and get over their differences and have a relationship for the dogs. Now I didn't go into this with really any expectations other than this looks terrible but I ended up kind of not hating it. You know it's not good. It's uh, something to put on, for sure. So I would recommend it, surprisingly, especially if you're a fan of Grant Gustin and you want to see him do something a little different. It was fine. It's I've, I've spent time doing things that were less productive than watching this, which is sad to say. But yeah, that's the recommendation for me. Kind of a haphazard recommendation, but I haven't been watching a lot of things on streaming, so as far as it goes, Puppy Love gets a middle-of-the-road kind of thumbs in the middle from me. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, stay tuned for the episode and uh, hope you guys have a good rest of your day and I'll see you guys. Bye. <coughs> oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? It's, it's Yates here. And I played Jason in Galaxy of Films' newest short film, Distinguished. I just wanted to take a sec to interrupt the podcast to let you know that as of July 15th, Distinguished is available right now on the Galaxy of Film website and YouTube channel. Check it out. Don't be a dick whippet. Come on. And speaking of, of meeting people, um, here we have, you know, of course, this week we're discussing Dragon Ball Z Dead Zone. This is the first only movie we within the Dragon Ball franchise, but it's our first time meeting Gohan as well in the series, which is really interesting. Um, so this is before Z, kind of between Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Um, and just a little bit of a quick recap for this film. This is a very short one. I think, Nick, this is a, what, like 42 minutes, roughly? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's 42 minutes, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy short, honestly, man. It feels like a short film in a way, which is also kind of refreshing, because a lot of other animated projects can feel dragged out to a certain extent. Um, so it's mm -hmm. cool. This is a, a quick entry for sure. But we kind of start off with this mysterious, like, hooded man defeating Piccolo right off the bat. Uh, we cut to him more or less, you know, rocking out uh, Gohan's grandfather. He also defeats Chi-Chi right off the bat, too. Um, and then kidnaps Gohan for his Dragon Ball. And shortly after, once he kind of goes to his lair, it's revealed he has four others already there waiting for him. Um, Goku kind of rushes to go off to save Gohan. And as soon as he arrives, the mysterious hooded man is revealed to be like Garlic Jr., um, and at this point, he does have the other Dragon Balls, now having all seven of them, and wishes for his one wish of the dragon 
it is to basically bring hell to to the real the real life almost this actual form of like dark hell called the dead zone um and also for him to have like eternal life and so he can kind of control everything you know just the kind of like typical big bad guy plot more or less um during all this whole you know interaction of trying to stop hell going down um krillin and piccolo both show up as well and during krillin's introduction scene we get this wonderful bit um with gohan actually peeing on his head <laughs> yep <laughs> Um, definitely my, you know, one of the better, <laughs> one of my favorites within this franchise. <laughs> Friends for life. You know, yeah, Gohan right. ends up, you know, that's what's so funny is Gohan is uh, significantly younger than Krillin. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny. But but when I first started dubbing my role, I was in a lot of scenes with Krillin. Like, dr- dr- uh, Gohan and Krillin are buddies. You know, they, yeah. they're kind of. In the background, a lot of reactions, a lot of exertions, kind of like, uh, 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 whoa, you know, a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah. in the background. And uh, people, I remember my friends asking me, like, why are you hanging around with Krillin? Like, or why is Gohan hanging around with Krillin? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on there? <laughs> I mean, especially the Namekian arc, you know? I feel like they're best yeah. friends in the Namekian arc. Yeah, man. Yeah. I was about to say that early on for sure, especially like when Goku's on Snake Way, it's just Krillin and Gohan, it feels like. It's a great yeah. buddy duo. <laughs> Flying through the air together. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I just found a box. I was just so- cleaning out my storage room. Um, I finished this morning and then I was just drenched. It's so hot here in Texas, like triple digits. But I found I a box it. full of VHS tapes. Oh. VHS tapes, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some of them are still in the plastic. So I was able to salvage those and get them out of the storage room. And for for whatever reason, I mean, I know there was a time there where they they weren't popular anymore because they were, you know, obsolete. Mm-hmm. But now I'm hearing people say, oh, you mean you need to hang on to those or, you know, maybe sign some of them. You know, people might want them, you know, someday and stuff so i mean i guess they're kind of getting creeping into that so um it's funny because i i saw i saw some of the covers and it just brings back memories of this the scenes that i was involved in er, really early on in my anime career no yeah vhs tapes are definitely come back all right that's our logo <laughs> galaxy of oh, <laughs> i love that it's so 80s <laughs> so 80s early 90s absolutely um we also get this great scene of gohan basically like being drunk within this movie too yeah. this whole sequence <laughs> that I, it's oh. utterly ridiculous and i love there's like a dinosaur chasing him at one bit um because oh. he eats this forbidden fruit um great great scene um but the movie ends up wrapping up because goku and piccolo kind of team up to stop them or start garlic jr excuse me um and then gohan uh. actually kind of comes at the very end with this massive like Godzilla beam to destroy <laughs> the dead zone and to seal Garlic Jr. within it. Um, and the day is saved, more or less. You know, Goku kind of rides off with Gohan on the Nimbus back home and he he makes comments, you know, reflecting on himself, like maybe I'll tell him when he's older about this, this situation because he's not going to remember this. You know, one day this is a story to be told, yeah. but not for now, for sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Dragon Ball Z. Dead I guess zone. Gohan was still uh, was quite a youngster. Yeah, uh, he was like five, yeah. like around five in the story, like around this point. That sounds right. Yep, yep. He was much younger than what I remembered, which is crazy. Goodness, so, 
Yeah. Well, did you guys enjoy it? I mean, like you said, it wasn't like super long. So you, you didn't have to like commit to like an hour and a half or two hours or anything like that to watch it. Yeah. It was like but, an extended uh, episode really. Oh yeah. So the, yeah. the pacing, the pacing's great. Cause it's just this one big fight at the end, you know? Oh, yeah. okay. The culmination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to have to watch it now just to kind of remember. Cause I remember when you talking about it, you know, Back in the back in the back in my day when we were recording, <laughs> it's, it's funny too because I just saw uh, Chuck Huber, the voice of uh, Emperor Pilaf and Garlic Jr. and oh, and he's just so oh, yeah. that's one of my favorite <laughs> that he does. And we were just on the way to the airport doing our doing our voices in the van, like literally, like <laughs> he's like, I know what we should do because a bunch of us were a bunch of OGs were there. And we were all flying back to Dallas and. We're like, we should just randomly like do our character voices in our seats randomly on this plane, like really loud. And I was like, I was so ready to take them up on that. But of course we didn't. We didn't want to disturb everybody. Incredible. I was like, I'm going to bust into East Kai. Oh my, look how high we are. We're flying above the clouds. You know? And he would have been like, how are we not falling down? And I don't know. Awesome. For Dragon That's Ball funny. Z fans, they would have loved it. But everybody yeah. else would have been like, Get these crazy people off the plane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, you know, Nick, real quick, man. Like I said, you've been the, the anime connoisseur on Galaxy Film since we started this, this podcast, basically. You came on, I think, on like episode eight or something ridiculously low here. You know, when was your first time watching Dead Zone? And what are some of your overall thoughts on this one real quick? Oh, my gosh. Um. I mean, I grew up watching Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, you know, in the early days when it was coming on on Cartoon Network when we were children. Um, mm-hmm. So it was probably it was probably close to when uh, the 2005 version of this came out. It's probably just right after that, I imagine. Um, but the time I really got into it was when I was in uh, middle school. I remember I just spent a whole summer watching all of Dragon Ball, and that's when I watched the movie as well. Um, so it's it's always meant a lot to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I've always thought it was a great starting. P, or, you know, starting step to the Dragon Ball Z uh, saga itself from Dragon Ball. And, uh, you know, it's just it's an honor to talk to the voice of Gohan. <laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> I feel you on that. Don't like you. daddy. He's the strongest, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you mentioned that this is a stepping stone in the franchise. I'm glad you bring that up, actually, because I hadn't watched this movie until we were, you know, getting ready to do this episode. But I had seen uh, a good portion of, you know, start of Z, of course, plenty of times. Um, and you're right. Like looking back on this, I kind of wish I started with this movie, honestly. I really do. You know, um, obviously, you know, you were there for the CV 12 days. Our, our viewers and listeners are all familiar with that, of course. Um, Xavier, my former Danilo, you know, Blue Turtwig, he was the one that got me into Dragon Ball. Um, and I, I shame him for showing me the live action movie and not this one. Oh, no. <laughs> Why did he so do sorry. that? <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. I, you're, I've, you're okay. You don't have to. <laughs> I've heard about it. Yeah, I've heard about it. It's, it's totally different trying to do live action with something like Dragon Ball Z yeah oh yeah i know we've been talking about that one piece show coming up soon curtis on the podcast uh you know it'll it'll be interesting to see how that plays out but i'm very curious to hear some of your thoughts on this film real quick curtis and when you got into or first watched dead zone excuse me so i'm probably the same thing around nick it's probably like around mid 2000s like early 2000s is when i started remembering watching dragon ball because i remember for at least a couple summers cartoon network would always like hey here's a rerun of like dragon ball 
Mm-hmm. And I, Dragon Ball holds a special place because I remember some of the early episodes of like Frieza arc and all that stuff. But I, re- the Cell Saga is what I like distinctly remember the okay. entire time because Cell's my favorite villain, Gohan's my favorite character. Just their whole interaction was just great. Wow. And going back and watching Dead Zone and it being kind of the first Dragon Ball Z movie coming off of Dragon Ball, which hadn't aired in America until years after Z came out due to some, like, I think some licensing issues or like some, something around that time, something was happening. Yeah. And then watching Dragon Ball to Z, having this movie kind of be in the middle, you see there's still some comedic elements of Dragon Ball going into it, Mm. mostly centered around Gohan and a little bit of Krillin. And you kind of see where they wanted to go with Gohan being like setting him up to be like maybe take Goku's place one day of him being like super strong. Mm-hmm, sure. And the eventual friendship between Goku and Piccolo starting off as friends and now, or excuse me, starting off as enemies and becoming friends. And I think Dead Zone's a great I like starting point for like getting into Z after you watch Dragon Ball because you start to see that evolution of. Here was Dragon Ball, and now we're going to Z. Let's, this is kind of the direction of tone we want to go with. And mm-hmm. I still love it. I think it's a great movie for like how short it is. It's still it's concise. It tells a story. It's yeah. like, hey, here's this, here's oh. this, here's Z. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, n- nicely put. Yep. And Will, what are some of your thoughts on Dead Zone as well? Um, I think this movie is like pretty great. It's just like a perfect like encapsulation. Uh uh, like what Curtis said of like that end of Z going into, or sorry, end of the original Dragon Ball going into Dragon Ball Z. Mm. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have like the the pitfalls of like, oh, it's like a 50 episode arc of a story. So like the pacing yeah. is very succinct. It's just, you get your setup and then it immediately goes into that like big final fight and it's great. Uh, and something that was very interesting about this movie, which is what it, it starts with, uh, ends up being what all the next Z movies kind of do is that they're like a almost like a remake of the arc that is happening at the time uh, airing on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like this came out around the same time as like Raditz coming down and kidnapping mm-hmm. Gohan and Goku and Piccolo have to go and save him. Uh, it's basically that same story. They just kind of swapped some elements around. They took, all right, we're going to take that concept of like Emperor Pilaf, but turn him into like King Piccolo. And, mm-hmm. and change some variables around here, but using that basic same story. So it has this like this feeling that it's just this distil- distilling of all of these cool aspects of the show. And because of that, it, it is a great first start for Z. Um, and yeah, I think it's beautifully animated. It's got some great fight scenes. Um, it's cool seeing uh, Kami have like a, a, a decent like role yeah, in this. He's kind of does. always forgotten. Uh, I think this is literally like the last time you ever see Kami like throw hands. <laughs> I, think I, think so, yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think before he merges yeah. with Piccolo, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I, I I do like this movie. I it, I actually only just recently watched it last year for the first time. Oh um, wow. Yeah. I, this one kind of slipped by. I never saw it, but uh, yeah. Of mm-hmm. course, I grew up still watching Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice man. Very yeah. nice. And and Stephanie, so obviously, you no, know, you're in the movie. For, for the dub version later on that came out a couple of years after the the uh, subtitle version or the original. Um, do you have any like distinct memories of recording this one in particular by any chance? Um, I kind of do once, you know, because you kind of reminded me of what what was, um, you know, 
the story and how kind of how where it started, kind of like the origin and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember, you know, some of the scenes where Gohan, you know, he's a, a kid and he's crying and, you know, just different, really young, younger. Because I remember when I, uh, we did some things in some interesting order, um, just due to licensing and, you know, the fact that, you know, the, the show itself was recast by us in Texas, which mm-hmm. we all found out later that there was an ocean dub record before yes. us. Um, I've met some of those cast members at some of the conventions, even recently, that's been really interesting. Um, so I know that we started at the Ganyu saga, so I'm not real sure where we came in with dead, the dead zone movie exactly, but, um, I definitely remember a lot of scenes with Gohan, you know, really trying to, he's kind of thrown in the forest and kind of like really trying Mm -hmm. to fend for himself and, you know, um, kind of getting some tough love. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to do, you know, when you're all alone and what kind of strength do you really have? Like, what are you really made of kind of thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's those are the moments that matter the most, too, for character development. So it's really interesting to see that kind of continue on through the rest of the series, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Especially yeah. in such a like a smaller entry in, in a way for this film, because it is only 41, 42 minutes, you know. Right. Um, so it's really cool to see that kind of carry over further and further. Definitely, for sure. Right. That. Yeah. Gosh. Goodness, man. Well, Nick, I think it's going to wrap it up for Dragon Ball Z Dead Zone, man. Yeah, it was great talking about it, you know. It was great having such a great guest on here as well. Yeah, it's an honor. <laughs> seriously. Yeah, yeah we, were, we were in the zone. We were in the zone. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask one more favor from you? Yes. Can you say Kamehameha in Gohan's voice first? Yes. Kamehameha! <laughs> 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 my night is my my year has been made. Awesome. <laughs> nice. Awesome. 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 Yeah, Thank you so awesome. much. Thank you. Uh real quick before we go ahead and go, guys, I want to make sure everyone gets plugged. Curtis, my man, it's always great having you on here. Of course, you've been here for God knows how long at this point, brother. Uh, Where too can long, man. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, people can find me over at Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash Curtis Shack. Mm. Um, we're kind of streaming in the later days now. Um, I'm currently streaming my playthrough of Boulders Gate 3. It's kind of the big game at the moment. Um, very nice. I've got I'm like 100 hours in and I'm still not done, but that's oh, wow. people will find me. <laughs> very nice bro very nice and will obviously you know you're a part of us of galaxy of film with the whole mayhem pictures um you know the vision going on but where can our listeners find you personally as well bro uh right now i am uh wk art 54 on uh x or formerly known as twitter uh i post <laughs> a lot of art on there i have a lot of uh, dragon ball z fan art as well so mm-hmm. if that interests you i uh, should check check that out very nice, bro. Very nice. And Nick, my good man, obviously you've been with us for even longer than Curtis, which is very shocking, <laughs> honestly, looking back on this one, because he's been here for forever. And obviously you're very much within Galaxy of Film, but just for the hell of it, man, where can our listeners find you? <laughs> uh, yeah, if you guys want to find me, um, I'm on Instagram and threads uh, at Nick H underscore 16. Um, really just post my personal life, so nothing too special there. Very exciting, man. Very exciting stuff. <laughs> I can see you're 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 in the company of your biggest fan. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> now, but make a make a, a pun joke, a stuff <laughs> dad joke. I love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> 
It's definitely it's been great getting you on here for this episode to talk to, you know, such a historical piece of in Dragon Ball 2. This is the first movie within the series, you know, yeah. and I've lost track of how many we are at this point. So right. it's great to get you on here to talk about this film. I'm going to kind of go over your career a bit in this franchise. Where can mm-hmm. our listeners find you, find your music and your other work and your website and whatnot? Um, so my website is pretty much the place to go. It's got pretty much everything. It's www.stephanienadolny.com. And um, I do have uh, Instagram, which is just Stephanie Nadolny. And um, my Facebook is Stephanie Nadolny Voice Actress. I also have a TikTok and that's at Steph Nadolny. I'm having a lot of fun with those. I'm doing a lot of interactive videos with Ooh. other voice actors and other mm-hmm. other guests at some of the Comic-Cons and, and, and also with some of the cosplayers, some of the kids. Um, we're doing different voices. We're trading different voices and reenacting some scenes and really having some fun with that. So um, that's how to reach me. I will be um, hopefully getting my album that got shelved up online as well in the coming months, month or two. Need and that. then it always awesome. lists where I'm going to be as far as um, Comic-Cons and special appearances and things like that. I always get, um, we up, uh, we update that every month. So um, you, if you want to find, you know, come meet me somewhere or come, you know, come hang out and get some stuff signed. And um, that's how you find out where I'm going to be. So I'm kind of all over the place. Um, I've been getting out of Texas a lot this year. So that I've gone to some um, uncharted territories where I can really, you know, kind of meet some other some some new fit see some new faces and meet some mm-hmm. new people. That's awesome. That's awesome. incredible too. And for our listeners, links down below for everyone's social medias and whatnot. Um, that way you're not just listening and typing in and having to pause and keep going back and forth, back and forth. Links are all down below. We take care of you here, guys, at Galaxy of Film. You know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening and for watching for our YouTube or YouTube subscribers as well. Make sure to stay tuned. Next week, we are talking the Simpsons movie. We got a very special episode for that planned out for you guys. Check out last week's episode where we talked 8 Mile and Straight Out of Compton. Uh, be sure to check out the YouTube channel and our website, galaxyfilm.com. My newest short film, Distinguished, is available right now. You can watch Danilo's uh, short film, Callie's Curse, which came out earlier this year, also on our website, whatnot. And we have our next short film, No Vex, currently in the works. So stay tuned, guys. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys.